know, James, I, I don't even like these sort of things, eh? <laughs> Black person, oh, I'll jump on then. Nah, all good, G. Nah, I mean, um, I'll, we'll kick it off then. Hey, guys, what's up? Welcome back to another CRM podcast, episode 28 with Boating Waka Walks. Kia ora, brother. Kia ora, brother. How are you? I'm good, lad. Uh, just back in this cold weather. It's uh, killing me, eh? Just left the summer in, in America. I'm in... 30, 30 plus degrees over there. Must be nice. Must be nice. Before we get started, bro, I just want to make a quick shout out to our sponsor. Um, episode number two of uh, the CRM podcast that's been sponsored by Ballsy, uh, the clothing company that's an uh, icebreaker for mental health. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't heard of them. All right. So, um, it's one of my good mates. He runs a, a clothing business called Ballsy and it's pretty much... Um, trying to get men's oh, men to open up about their mental health and be ballsy about talking about their emotions and stuff. So um, if, if any of you guys haven't heard of it, uh, I'll chuck the link in. It's www.ballsy.co.nz. Um, he's got heaps of cool kit. Go and check him out. So uh, when he does, when you do podcasts now, do we get like a bit of kit from the brain now? <laughs> <laughs> bro, you, like, how much money do you have? Surely you can buy your own hoodie. You're still stinge, bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to um before we get into it, I just want to make a few a few comments. Uh, number one, I've been trying to get Wax on for about a week and a half, but his dial up's been playing up. And number two, he only wanted to do audio, no video, because he's got a few hickeys on his neck. <laughs> oh, come on, bros. <laughs> not true, not true. We already know that drama is the women liar. All right, we'll get into it, bro. Take us right back to the start, bro. What was um, what was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, bro. So um, I was actually born in Australia, uh, Melbourne. I uh, grew up there for 10 years, just um, playing rugby as a little kid over there. Um, brought up playing league for a little bit until I um, moved over to Rugby Union. Um, and yeah, made my way to New Zealand in 2004 after... 10 years living in Australia, um, fell in love with the place here. We used to come back every Christmas, uh, me and my younger sister, or sometimes my family, um, just to come back and see our grandparents. And you know, they live on a farm, so it's good to get away from the city life and get onto, onto the farm life. And you know, everything's a lot more freer there. You can get on some horses, ride some motorbikes, go and see the cows, go to the swimming holes and, and whatnot. So, yeah, bro, I grew up in Australia for a bit. Um, and I finally ventured my way back back home, New Zealand. Man, so when did you? So how old when you when you came back here? Ten. I was ten years of age, bro. All right. So and then where did whereabouts in um, NZ did you grow up? So uh, it's a little small rural town, um, the capital of uh, New Zealand, Ruatuki. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, I grew up in the little country town and um, locked away in the Uruwetas. Yeah. Um, and did pretty much my schooling there. Did primary school in Taneatua. Um, played all my JAB rugby at Roatoki. Um, all my little, all my rep rugby's under 12s, 13s, 14s, Obeya Plenty, and then ventured to Gisborne. Went off to boarding school uh, to do a bit of rugby. Uh, well, my principal at primary school saw saw some talent in me, so he um, whipped up a uh, what do you call it a scholarship, scholarship um, yeah. and got me got me to Gisborne or well, any school I wanted to go to really. But um, I had my close first cousin 
um, was at the school there at the time. And he was like, bro, you should come along to this school. Um, it's, it's pretty well known for its rugby, but it has its years. It's always up and down. And I was like, yeah, sure. Went over there. And yeah, that's pretty much where my rugby started. Right, because you guys had a pretty mean team in Gizzy, eh? Yeah, uh, yep, we were there in uh, Gizzy. 2011 would have been now, well, when I was there at the time, um, the best team, I would say, in school history. Um, Super 8's a big competition in, in, um, in New Zealand, and we were the only team to actually win the Super 8 um, throughout its um, history. So, yeah, we were pretty gun back then. Right, that's mean. Who else was in your team? And did you... Did you guys win that nationals? No, we didn't qualify for nationals in 2011. We um we got stitched up to travel all the way down to Palmy um to play Napier Boys in the Hurricanes final, and uh, we could we could say a lot of things went wrong there. We could blame the ref, we can blame the blame the weather, blame the travel, but at the end of the day, we weren't good enough. We lost by a point or two. Yeah. Um, but we were pretty stoked with how our season went. Uh, obviously winning Super 8 first time ever Gisborne Boys has won Super 8 in the 102 three years or back then it was 102 three years mm. um, but yeah a few of the boys that played in that year would have been Joe Prophet <laughs> Prof um, Prof or Prof Tuahala uh, 50 <laughs> yeah so we had old t Lecker there um, I wouldn't say there was much big names there we just had Real good battlers and Pinnacolulatu, mm. um, Ted Walter. So yeah, we had a pretty pretty stacked team, but a few of those boys haven't sort of ventured on. Only the likes of Tor, who's the one dollar man now. He's doing mean, eh? Uh, he's he's carving it up in Italy, bro. He's doing well for his family. That's mean. Um, yeah, mean, mean, bro. Talk us talk us through like you making schools and stuff. So. At which point did you kind of think, fuck, I'm not too bad at this. I could like really like focus in on it and tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so in my age group, bro, I was the young one. So I was Jared Prophets in the year, but I was the year younger than them. So we ended up repeating school just while well, I brought them. I made them come back to school because they had nothing to do the year after they were supposed to finish. So I was like, come on, boys, come back to school. Like, I still can make secondary schools if I have a good season, you know, good chance I could make it. And at the time, I knew the coach, Nigel Hotham. Yeah. Um, he was appointed head coach for that year. And he was in my ear. He was like, oh, if you look at coming back to school, maybe there's a good chance that you would make it. And sure enough, we had a pretty, pretty good year in 2012. Um, and yeah, was finally selected for New Zealand schools. Um, and that was pretty epic. And that's basically where my rugby took off after making the schools team. Yeah, that's mean. So at which point did you did you sign on for the Naki? Because you signed it with the Naki straight out of school, eh? Yeah, bro. So they approached me. We Gisborne and Taranaki, they've got a good connection, um, mm. good relations um, with our coaching in Gisborne and all the coaches in Taranaki. A lot of Gisborne boys always venture over to uh, Taranaki. Like the likes of Jamison Gibson Park, um, Blade Thompson, Paul Marisamupo, Craig Clark, you know, all of those big, big names, they all came out of Gizzy. Yeah. And um, they pretty much approached me and said, hey, we're pretty keen on giving you a contract. Um, look, we want you to come over at the end of New Zealand schools. So actually not even finish off school. They said, once you wow. finish New Zealand schools, 
can we bring you over ASAP and um, get you in the sevens environment? And at the time, I was like, oh, I've never even heard about sevens. And I was like, yeah, why not? I'll give that a go. So once the New Zealand schools campaign finished, um, went back to Gisborne, packed up, and they flew me straight out and, and joined the Taranaki Bulls um, environment, uh, sevens environment. And <laughs> funnily enough, it was... Um, it was, it, was a, it was a good three months because we ended up going to nationals and winning the competition down in Queenstown. Queenstown, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was pretty cool. And then that's and then yeah, that's when might attend or oh, was might attend back then. Bunnings NPC sort of kicked off for me. What was the change like going from first fifteen to so like that pro footy stuff? Because you obviously would have been playing a little bit on TV, but because how how old were you, bro? Like seventeen. Nah, so I repeated, so I was 18 oh, in yeah, 2012. Right. I was supposed to finish in 2011, uh, but I, I went back and repeated 2012 schools, yeah. and they flew me straight over to New Plymouth and got into the Sevens environment. And even that, bro, like going from schoolboy rugby straight into national Sevens, that was just a big step up there. Like the boys are obviously a lot bigger, um, faster, stronger. And so it was a bit of a shock, a shock for me, but. I sort of backed myself back then, like mm. I, I backed my pace and my skills, skill set and my agility to sort of um, work my way through um, all those big boys. And yeah, it was definitely a big step up contact wise because um, there were some big boys that we were running straight and you felt it afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, bro. so did you end up making your, like your Bunnings debut that year? Yeah, I did. Um, they were struggling with first wives at the time down there, and I signed over as a first wife. So there was, we had some inexperienced first wives back then, and um, yeah, I got chucked in the deep end, which I, I wanted to basically like. Yes. Yeah. Best way to find out and test yourself is get chucked straight in, and yeah, I sure got down to that game. Um, I debuted against Canterbury down in Christchurch. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, and I was. Yeah, I was shitting my pants. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> I know you're going up against. I was going up against Tyler Blindell, and um, yeah, bro, they 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 dealt to us that game, and yeah. that was a big learning curve for me, anyways. Um, bro, did you like have a super crack after that, or because I know you did a little bit of a stint with the with the Hurricanes, but was there any interest from from them at all throughout your your minor ten career? Um, not, not so much. Um, after that year, I think, um, I think I was sitting at four string first five down in hurricanes. Um, and they pulled me in preseason, um, cause obviously the all blacks boys weren't allowed to play. So I was the four string first five they, um, brought in. I was sitting yeah. behind, can't even remember who I was sitting behind actually, but, um, yeah, got, got a crack and we played the blues down in, um, I think it was wadded up a wadded up a bush. Yeah. Um, bro, that was that was pretty buzzy. Um, going up against the likes of like people like George Moala, who's a beast. And um, that was actually when Benji Marshall um switched codes and came and gave rugby a crack too. So true. Um, went went up against the bro, Kazi from back home. Um, yeah. yeah, that was pretty pretty awesome experience. But even then, like not even a year or probably just a year out of high school and then playing a super rugby preseason game. That's just, just another big step. Another big yeah, jump, hard. Really. hard. Do you reckon you, um, when you look back at it, do you think you kind of got fast track 
too fast? Like, do you wish it kind of slowed down a bit, or were you happy with like the progress you were making? Um, yeah, it did seem like I was getting a bit flush, but was getting a bit flush tracked. And I've had these talks with the coaches as well. Um, even the likes of Coops, they actually come up and apologize to me and be like, we're like saying sorry that they had chucked me in the deep end like that. And like, there's a joke that me and Yops always talk about. It's, um, <laughs> it's, we always talk about it. It's just like, oh, it's your learning you. And then every, every year now, it's just, every time we talk, it's just, oh, but remember, it's your learning you. So you're still learning. <laughs> and now the, the joke is just a running joke between me and the bros. <laughs> but yeah, I did get chucked in the deep end and a bit fast track. But at the end of the day, like that's the only way you're going to learn, really. Yeah, can't, for sure. Can't be 100%. learning by sitting on the sideline all the time. Yeah, hard, hard. So, well, you've because you've played for quite a few teams now, eh? like Naki, you went to Waikato, came back. Um, talk us through like your transition to, to Waikato and then obviously coming because th- you came back, eh? You left the Naki for a bit, yes. Yeah, so I, I did five years with Naki, um, but in, in between, I was doing sevens as well. Oh, that's um, right. So I, I, I took on the sevens gig as well during Mata 10, uh, 2014-15, right through to 2017-2018. So I was doing 15s and sevens at the same time. But um, but I before I even got to Waikato, I had I had moved to Aussie, um, and I was had a gig with the Melbourne Rebels. True. So I, I was over there, um, just supposed to be there for two weeks, um, training with them before Christmas. Um, and I was actually moving to Melbourne to play for a club footy and I was going to go and work with my uncle at the time. Um, and then Rebels were like, hey, if you're interested, like we're pretty keen on keeping you here for our full preseason. Um, we've got games coming up against the Brumbies, the Reds and the Sunwolves at the time. Um, so bro, I, was, I was there for, I was for two weeks. I was only staying there for two weeks, but then ended up staying there for like three, four months. Fuck. Um, and got just learnt off the best really from from the Australian uh, teams like especially like Quade Cooper and Will Guinean all those boys so they were there at the Rebels at the, that time yeah so I was just in the notebook every day eh, just learning off those guys and uh, sort of helped my game out a bit and it made me realize like the bigger pictures and how to play rugby so yeah. it's pretty pretty awesome um and then they sent me up to Sydney um because the shoot shield competition was quite a strong competition for rugby in Australia. Yep. So I think if you want to play rugby, you're either going to shoot shield or the Queensland competition. And I ended up playing in Manly. I was living in Sydney, Manly on the beaches, but oh, I had the best time ever there. I was there for like five months. I'm just playing shoot shield and didn't do so well. I think we lost to lost in the semi to Sydney University which was pretty a stitch up really because those boys get to bring all their Wallabies boys back when their season's finished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were going up against uh, uh, all the boys that play in the Wallabies. I can't remember, the halfback and one of their props, Nick Phipps, I think, is who plays for Sydney Uni. So yeah, it, was, it was good, bro. I enjoyed my time. And then obviously I went back home, uh, moved back home for a couple of, uh, for a few months and played in the Heartland comp. <laughs> <laughs> for who? Yes. Uh, so I got asked to go play for Poverty Bay in Gisborne. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so they, I was actually just moving back home and I was just going to be a bum until I was moving on with my next adventure. But I ended up 
jamming with those boys and bro, we had a mecky ass time there. It was so mean. That's mean. Good piss up trips. Um, and you know, we had some good away trips as well down South Island, a little bit in the North Island. And I'm um, doing a bit of mahi with probably Bay Rugby Union. So I was helping them out, going around to schools and doing a bit of skill work and games and stuff with all the students. Um, just trying to build the Poverty Bay Rugby brand, helping them out, and then ventured over to the America and played in the MLR, bro. So, and then, yeah, story drags on, but played. We didn't get to play the full season there. Obviously, COVID nineteen come about and ended our season pretty quick, and then had to come back home to New Zealand, and then was able to pick up a training gig with Waikato. Um, I was living in Hamilton at the time, and. My club was like, hey, I could probably get you a training gig with um, Waikato if you're interested. And yeah, we'd go and have a, have a meeting with the coach. And he was like, we're more than happy to have you at our trainings. And went to their first trainings. And oh, I think they had to do a Bronco straight away. And I was like, oh, nah, not the one, eh? <laughs> not the one. I think I got like a five, five plus. So I was like, oh, I've got a lot of work to do here. If I want to give this a good crack. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I gave it a good crack and I ended up playing the back end of their season, played the last six games, played their semi, we fell short to Auckland and yeah, bro, that's how it's been going lately. Fuck, do you live in your car or something? <laughs> you travelling so much. <laughs> I can basically say that, bro, I live in my car, out of my bags. I just can't keep still for more than six months. I'm always uh, off doing something else. Bro, what's um, what's Quade Cooper like? Oh, People got their, uh, people say shit about him, like he's this, he's that, he's up for himself. But bro, I actually think he's a good guy. Yeah, he I'm a big fan, Yeah, he took me under his wing a bit um, when I was there, being a Māori boy, not knowing anybody. There was a couple of Māori boys in there, Michael Dudu and um, all the other boys as well. But yeah, he actually took me under his wing and made made sure I felt comfortable and especially at trainings, me and him will be probably last ones to leave the paddock and we'll just be doing kicking, just going through all his um, techniques and stuff and what helps him kick better so, and, and is helping me find my way and with my kicking as well. Yeah, that's bro, mean. So, oh, I've got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, that's mean. Um, bro, your NZ7s, your stint there, what was that like? Tell us about like your, um, what was your hardest uh, training with touch? No. Oh, Anybody that's played sevens, they'll all know what the hardest day is. And it's the very first day you fly into, into the mount um, for camp. And yeah, you've pretty much flying in the morning, go everyone meet up in the dining room. Everyone have like breakfast or like a brunch. And then it's straight kit on. You're down to, down to one of the courts and you're into testing. And his testing sessions, bro, are killers, I tell you. True. But, I don't know if you boys know what a phosphate is, but it's that 40 meter. Have you heard of phosphate before? Nah, never. Yeah, so they, they do they start off with the phosphate challenge, um, or phosphate test, sorry. And all it is is you do one 40 meter sprint and then they get uh see how fast you do your 40 meter sprint, and then you take like a five-minute break just to um, re, um gather your energy and everything. And then there's two of you running at the same time. So everyone runs through, does their 40 meters, get their time. So you get under five seconds or whatever. Um, and then they know they got your time. And so there's two of you starting, you're running through lights, both of you at the same time. Yeah. So there's two set of lights, one going 40 meter one way and the other 40 meter the other way. Yeah. 
And um, all it is is you sprint as fast as you can to that 40, go every 30 seconds and do 10 of them. Fuck. And, um, and they can actually see if you're actually cheating the test um, just because you're running through those lights. So they'll know if you're running fast and then know if you're having a rest and running slow because they'll have a look on their laptops and, and whatnot and they'll be like, okay, he's resting on this one, but he's going hard on this one. Oh, he's resting <laughs> on this one. So they'll make you do it again if they see that happening. True. And after that, bro, your legs are you're gone. Literally, you're like lying on your back, legs up in the wall, just yeah. lactic building in. And that's not even the finish, bro. You, then you got to get up and then you get a 10-minute rest and get up and then you got to do a beat test. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, that's, that's a killer, bro. And requirements in the beat test is no less than 12. <laughs> Fuck. Bro, so I, had, to, um, I heard a story that if you, like, you do a Bronco and then you do, and then you do, like, um, intervals and stuff, and then you redo a Bronco and if you if you get worse than your first one, you got to do another one. Well, Titch wasn't more of a, wasn't a Bronco fan back then. Oh, yeah. So we didn't do much Broncos at the time. Um, I don't think Broncos were even in back when I started. I think they were just starting to come in, I think. I can't, yeah. I'm not too sure. It's quite a while back. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> we had some pretty ruthless um, sessions. Eh? Like, and then after the beat test, bro, that's not even finished. Then you got to go and do all these shuttles. So you're, you're doing like a five meter shuttle back, ten meter shuttle back, fifteen meter shuttle, and it's like times five or times ten or something. So like, and that's just the running session. That's just all your testings and stuff. And then, you, then you head back to the hotel. You get some food and stuff, fill back up, and then a few hours later, you're back on the uh, the rugby field doing your rugby session. So that's everyone knows. But if you've been in the sevens environment, you know what it's like. Day one has always been the hardest day and everyone's is, that's the day you don't look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that ain't it, bro. That ain't yeah. it. Um bro, what kind of stage did you well obviously you you've been around a bit like America, Taranaki, you've been like at that provincial level, like borderline super and stuff. Yeah. Well, have you was there ever like a, a time where you thought, fuck man, like I I am a super rugby player? Um, like a little bit of adversity. Mm. Yep, I've I've thought thought about it, and I've been like, after a season, I'd be like, damn, I should be playing Super Rugby now. Yes, but it's just one of those things you can't dwell on. Like if you don't get picked, that's just more fuel to try and work harder the following year. Yeah, to try and make it. Um, unfortunately for me, I, I always keep going back to sevens. So it was during the Super Rugby time. Or like during their season, so I, like I said, I finished playing up my sevens career in two thousand eighteen. So yeah, there was by then I had no other choice but to start looking overseas because um, I don't know. I just thought I I started falling off rugby a bit. Like I didn't feel like I was playing as good as I should have been and whatnot so yeah that's pretty much why i looked overseas and didn't really start focusing on super yeah fair enough how did you um how did you deal with that bro uh i had my days especially when i got injured um especially in 2017 i think that would have been my worst year 20 end of 2016 start of 2017 yeah um on the sevens world circuit uh broke my my leg 
um, in Singapore. And um, I was going through tough times there because then I had to think about how if I'm going to even fly home with my broken leg, which I was lucky, I was fortunate enough to fly back home and then got straight into a Waikato hospital and straight into surgery. Right. And then so I was, during that time, I was like, I was pretty down on myself. I was like, am I even going to bounce back from this broken leg? Like, how, how am I even going to bounce back from all these little injuries that I had been having previously to the broken leg. Like I was battling with ankle problems, shoulder problems. Um, and then Ralph, I got out of rehab pretty quick with my legs. I was on the heading on the right track and got back into my 10 with Taranaki. I had been working hard with them, trying to get my leg right. Um, and then first my uh, 10 cup game, playing against Waikato, jumped up for the ball. Um, went down, a couple of boys were taking me out on the sideline, went to try and put my arm down to stop me from sliding out, and then three other guys fell on top, down my shoulder, so I did my rotator cuff, torn every ligament, everything off my rotator cuff. That's right. Um, and even then, like, I still ended up playing that game because I thought I was all good, and it was only till that night, I was like, I was living with Declan and Caleb O'Donnell at the time, and I was like, boys, I can't even lift up my arm. They were like, what are you talking about? I was like, remember when I caught that high ball and you had, and Dex was on the field? I was like, bro, my arm's sore. And you, Dex was telling me, he's like, stop being a little pussy cunt. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just being a soft cunt. And then, yeah, that and I was like, bro, Dex, I can't lift my arm up. I'm trying to lift it up. And he was like, bro, you need to go and get that checked out. Yeah. Went to go and see Doc, got it checked out. And he basically said, you need surgery. And so after just coming back from a broken leg, I had to go straight into the surgical ward and get and stitched up in the shoulder so 2017 would have been my worst year with injuries and I was actually pretty down then I was like living in my room I had, weren't you even there in 2017 a bit yeah that was my first year that was your first year so you would probably noticed that um I wasn't even coming into trainings much like I yeah. just didn't want to be around the, around the boys I just didn't want to be around rugby it's just too too tough to take I remember I turned up to the our photo shoot I turned up late. I just didn't even want to go to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was in, I was, it was tough times back then for me. But I think the way I got out of it was that's when my little sister started coming through rugby. Um, and she was making a name for herself and she started making the Black Friend Sevens team and, and whatnot. And I was like, man, if my little sister can get up and do this. And she, she had previously had a big injury and she got told that she was never going to be able to play sports again. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, if she can get through that, man, surely I can. And very sure enough, I just got back on the horse and just stuck it out and got into training, bro. And then, yeah, I look back now and I haven't really had a serious injury since. Fuck, that's mean. That's mean. Um, bro, yeah. talk to us about your, your America journey. What's it like over there? I've heard heaps of stories, but what's what's your, been your journey? What's been your favorite part of it so far? Uh, my favorite part is always when I go into new teams is meeting new people. Um, mm. You know, you make those like uh, long life, oh, long friend, long life friends. So, and bro, we had such a good crew over there. My first year, we had we had about 10, 10 Kiwis in our team at the time, and our team was a multicultural team. So we had guys from Japan, France, England, Australia, local boys, American boys, Fiji. So we had a really multicultural team, and we we bonded pretty well. I I, I thought 
Um, although the results probably weren't wasn't going our way. I remember our very first um, game in the MLR, we played New York and I mean, we had a bunch of nobodies in our team. Um, and we were going up against the likes of Bustro, the French centre. True. Yeah, very so that, and they had Ben Foden who's played for England. So they had a stacked team and we were like, oh, and they and they had made the top four last year. They were in the semi. Yeah. Uh, the year before. So and then we we're like, oh man, we're just gonna get our asses spanked there. They got a pretty decent side. And bro, we went out and pumped them. True. We went out and pumped them 34-14 or something. Um and bro, we're we're all on a high in Las Vegas as well. Like we couldn't play in Boston at the time because it's too cold, it's snowing. Yeah. So our first six weeks, we're all on road and we played on the West Coast, on the West Coast. And uh, yeah, we pumped and burst. We made sure we celebrated that night. Um, first MLR game for our for our team. It was our team's first year in the competition as well. That's right. Um, uh, yeah. Bro, there's a lot of places you could say is good about America. Oh, in the MLR, like the traveling is so much. That's so cool. Yeah. But the only thing about it is just the traveling so long. Their country is so big, bro. You travel <laughs> from Boston to LA, that's a six-hour trip. It's <laughs> <laughs> like traveling from New Zealand to Australia back to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big-ass trip, and you're only traveling on the one country. That's the yeah. only downfall of long traveling, but you get to go and see some wicked places, bro. And obviously, you meet new guys as well, like on the other teams. Um, but yeah, that's what I loved about the oh, the MLR competitions you meet new people and see you get to go and see America like whoever thought you would be able to go and experience America and traveling it while doing a sport you loved hard that I reckon that comes only going to get better eh? <clears throat> yeah, so you'd bro, recommend you'd recommend anyone trying to get a gig over there to try I reckon try and get in as fast as you can because once that once that competition um, takes off right, and they start firing in some coin mm. right people are probably going to be wanting to go to America instead of France or Japan. 100%. Better place to travel to, I reckon. Oh, bro, the traveling is so much fun. Like, you get to go to what? New York. You get to go to Washington, D.C., New Orleans, Seattle, San Diego, L.A., Las Vegas. Like, those are some pretty sick places you want to uh, go and visit. Uh, did you um? Did you see any celebs over there? Nah, I actually didn't, I don't think. Um, but LA, the new team that joined the competition this year, bro, they they set the standard for the competition for the years to come, bro. True. Was it? Like, well, they imported the right players. So they basically their team was a Wallaby team. <laughs> their halfback was Harrison. So Tate's not <laughs> Oh, bro. Oh, you could say that, but <laughs> they're, they they're pretty stacked. Like they had a Melbourne Rebels halfback. Um, Harrison Goddard, their t- 10 mm. was Matt Giddo. Their 12 was uh, Billy Meeks. Both of them Wallabies. Their 13, Adam Ashley Cooper. Um, and then they had like a Canadian winger, another Canadian fullback or something. But they had a stacked team. But they had like, oh, I can't even remember their names now. But oh, I actually can't remember their names, bro. But they were bringing their home game entertainment was off the chains, bro. It was, it was sick. That's mean. That's mean. Um, obviously, you said earlier in the potty that you're um, that you're heading back, but you're home at the moment. Obviously, we're in we're in lockdown at the moment, but 
you're back with Waikato for how many years? This this year and next year, or just this one? No, nah, I only just signed the one year with them. Oh, yeah. um, and then I don't know what I'm going to be doing next year, bro. Like, obviously, go back to the States and then who knows, maybe try and look somewhere else overseas. Maybe come back to Bunnings NPC. Who knows? I couldn't tell you. That's good, bro. I um I suppose like a lot of boys always kind of want like they want to play super, they want to play all blacks. But I suppose one thing that they could learn from you is kind of just to go with the flow, eh? Like probably not yeah, to you, take you, it too seriously. And there's always opportunity out there if you keep your keep your options open. Yeah, exactly, bro. Like enjoy the moment. Like, bro, rugby's not going to be around forever, so you got to make the most of it. If you have aspirations of making the All Blacks, you got to make sure you put in the work. Because um, if you don't put in the work, you're not going to succeed and you're going to start start doubting yourself and then you, you're going to start thinking, am I even, is it even worth playing rugby? Yeah. So for the likes of me, like my highest honours was obviously the All Black Sevens. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to be an All Black as well um, growing up but obviously couldn't make that dream happen. But at the same time, I'm happy with what I've done with my rugby career. I've got to travel, see the world. Now, during the sevens circuit, you go to 10 different countries a year. Like, Fuck. how sick is that? Just yeah, traveling the world, visiting countries um, that you would never think you would go and visit. So, And at the same time, enjoying it. So that, oh, if anybody that's listening, like, enjoy the rugby as much as you can. And if you get an opportunity to go somewhere, I recommend taking it because you'll make some good memories and good long, um, good friends as well. That's been, bro. We've got um, quite a few questions to get through, so we'll pump through them. Sweet. Um, the first one was hardest time in your career, but you kind of touched on it with all your injuries and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the next one was how to stay positive when things don't go your way. You kind of touched on that as well. Um, yeah. What's the best team you've been a part of and why? I have to say... The All Black Sevens, um, they're such a successful team over the years that they've been playing. Like under Gordon Titchens, I think they won 12 World Series out of 13, 15 or something. So a very successful team. So to be a part of that team and learn off the players that were in that era that you know, made had such a good record of winning, of likes of Tomasi Thama, um, DJ Forbes, all those boys, you know, I learned so much of them. So that would be, that'd be the team mean um what's your biggest learning throughout your professional rugby career biggest learning um i i'd say like no matter what happens during your rugby career whether it's a positive or negative just got to find the reason why you love the sport Mm. um and for me my family is a, a real sports fanatic family um and I don't know, I just always look for reasons why I can, what makes me want to play my sport. And it's, it goes back to family and that's why I love it. Yep. Nice. Um, bro, what if, oh, how I, if any, what regrets do you have in relation to your, like your rugby career? What regrets? Like, do you wish you, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think I've got any regrets, bro. Like I, I've I've honestly loved my journey. Um, like I said before, it's taken me to places I never thought I'd ever go. Um maybe one little regret I, I guess I'd say is not actually 
sticking it out with sevens a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, I obviously got a crack at trying to go to Rio. Um, maybe if I stuck it out a little bit longer, I could have given it another crack at the Tokyo. Who knows? But uh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I've got much regrets today. I like that, bro. That's the best way. Um, next one is, what's your favourite grassroots club and why is it Malville? <laughs> well, obviously, my favourite club has got to be Malville. Um, I don't know. They, they, when I first moved to Waikato, they, they really looked after me and they're really a family-orientated club. And you can sort of see now, like my sister's end up, sister ended up playing for them. Um, they took her in and now my brother just moved there last year yep. as a player coach. Um, so that's pretty much why I love the club, bro. They're such a family orientated club club and I'm a big family man. Like anybody knows, like if, if you knew me, me and my family, we're, we're weirdos, bro. We're always on the phone to each other doing video chats for the sake of it, really. <laughs> so I'm a big family man and that's what I loved about Marvel, big family club. Bang. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Ooh, that's a toughie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reckon doing all the little one percenters, like, and then growing up, I, th I thought I was, I could cheat my way kind of through without doing all the little one percenters, like trigger, <laughs> stretching, <laughs> um, pool recovery, drinking water, bro. I was hopeless at all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm surprised my body hasn't broken down yet. Um, it's probably going to catch up to me in the next few years, but that's probably one advice. Nice, bro. Um, Harrison Boyle wants to know how much Hennessy, how, sorry, how much <laughs> Hennessy can he drink in one night? <laughs> oh my God. No, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a story behind that? Yeah, there's a story behind it. <laughs> Go on, give it, give it to us. Uh, so uh, one of our American boys, um, Justin Johnson, he was drafted in the MLR draft last year to the New England Free Jacks. And um, typical American boy, all he drinks is Hennessy. <laughs> Straight. All he drinks is Hennessy and with a bit of Coke as well. Yeah. Um, and this year, um, I, we went over to his flat <laughs> And um, I was obviously drinking Coronas and stuff. And he, he just comes out and he's like, bro, why are you drinking that pussy drink? Come and drink the good stuff. And I was like, bro, that drink shit. <laughs> bro, me and him went into the kitchen, started polishing back shots. And uh, yeah, there's a photo of me. A few hours later, the boys stitched me up. Um did a rugby photo with me sitting on the, the chair, um, crashed out with my head down, just crashed. And all the boys are sitting next to me doing with their arms folded and the boys standing up with their arms folded and they did like a remake rugby shot with me sleeping. <laughs> it's good, bro. Yeah, you need to send me that photo. Day. Fuck, that's oh, funny. I'll send you it through, bro. It's pretty hilarious. But um, yeah, ever since then, didn't touch Hennessy once again, ever again. <laughs> bro, that's funny, G. That's funny. Um, what uh, Donald Brookhouse wants to know what your favorite website was in quarantine, <laughs> <laughs> man. Bro, my favorite website is probably what he should be taking on board is uh, 
they're watching some trainings. You know? <laughs> uh, that man needs to go and do some trainings because he's looking like a big boy right now. Eh? <laughs> uh, we didn't really watch watch much stuff. We were mainly on Netflix, bro. Um, me, Joey Johnson, and Aleki Morris were mainly watching watching Netflix. Um, don't really do much during quarantine. It's such a boring time. Uh, <laughs> we're obviously working at it as well in there, so Donny can shove his question up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's your who's been your worst flatmate? Ooh, worst flatmate. Oh bro, yeah, I've got one. Um has to be this fella. Ah uh, his nickname was called Schlops. <laughs> Um, has to be you, my mate. <laughs> Bro, what about eh? What about me, you, Sean Wanui, and Triple T get a flat together and those boys didn't even live in it once? Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> They're stuck in a two, a three bedroom or oh, a three story house <laughs> or oh, two story house. Um, with you bros it's got to be up there eh? <laughs> bro that was bro that was some of the best times eh? bro that was actually it's pretty that was unreal bro that was pretty cool but obviously obviously you're the worst you're terrible at cooking eh? you couldn't even cook to save yourself lucky your missus came over all the time like and we had, us our feed didn't we go for dinner like every night <laughs> bro it was either that or freaking yeah takeaways Noodle canteen or something like that. That's why I was so slopsy because I followed you. Yeah. <laughs> and what happened? You weren't working hard enough at training, Jesus. Because I, <laughs> I never played. <laughs> um, how many how many American girls fell victim to the boating walker special? <laughs> oh, who the hell said that? Oh my god. Nah. Um, last one, bro. What are your What are your goals for the next couple of years? What are my goals? Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, bro, I, I'm just God, I'm just trying to live out the last few years of, well, hopefully not a few years, hopefully a bit longer, but of my rugby career. Um, but then hopefully you know find a partner and start settling down. You know, I am getting pretty old now, so one of my goals is to try and have some babies and play alongside them. Hopefully, right. have a son and play alongside him when he's old enough to play. So, um, yeah, that's a goal. That's probably a 10, 15 year goal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just live out my rugby career and love it as much as I can, really. That's mean, bro. That's mean. Hey, um, that's pretty much all we've got time for, but thanks for jumping on, Moulds. Um, obviously, a pretty unique story. Um, when you Obviously, when we get out of lockdown and Bunning starts up again, keen to, um, keen to link up and, and catch up. Nah, cheers, bro. Thanks for having me, Moulds. It's been a long time since I've heard from your black ass, eh? <laughs>